Welcome to the Search the Scriptures podcast, where we dive into scripture and provide the explanation of it in the most accurate light that we can. Search the Scriptures is a podcast that is dedicated primarily to the Christian, challenging our brothers and sisters along with ourselves to see if we have set aside the commands of God to set up our own traditions. To do this, we use scripture to explain scripture. Please join us on this journey. So here we go. The question for this Bible topic Tuesday, I'm going to jump into this here. The question was, or I guess it's a two part. How did the Lord create the angels and what is their purpose? Is a question uh, that we had come in or one of them. We had a few of them come in, but this is one of them. And I always like to do this before we get started. Anybody want to jump in on this? Any comments on this before we get started? All right, so let's jump into it. So we can go to the Old Testament, and we're going to look at one of the things. So we have here in Job chapter 1, verses 6 through 7, it says, One day the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came with them. Where have you come from, said the Lord to Satan, from roaming through the earth, he replied, and walking back and forth in it. So here in Job, we have, it says, there's a day the sons of God presents themselves uh, before the Lord, and Satan is also amongst them. And uh, and we have the Lord and Satan dialoguing with one another, the Lord asking where Satan's coming from. And Satan answers this, he's coming from the earth and going uh, back and forth in it. So uh, I bring this up. It says, one day the sons of God. Sons of God in scripture is typically almost always, I can't think of another time when it's in this particular context, is spoken of as angels. And so, uh, and we'll take a look at another scripture that says uh, uh, similar also. But before we do, any questions or comments on this one so far? What you got, G? I believe I recently heard another time that God refers to them as the sons of God is when uh, in the book of Genesis, he's, he, he said that he's looking down and seeing, uh, believe the sons of God mating with humans. I think he refers to them as sons of God in Genesis, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that's true. Also, that's in Genesis chapter six, I want to say. And some people would say, no, nah, he's talking about the sons of Seth or something like that. That's what he's talking about. But that doesn't make any sense. That, that oh, he uh, does go forth and say their offspring were uh, considered to be wartime heroes, Leviathans. Uh, uh, Leviathans. Nephilim. Uh, 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 yeah, Nephilim. And so mm -hmm. it's like he's talking about the size of them as well. So that goes forth to show he's speaking to his angels. Yeah, it's easy. And so that's where that's honestly why I'm pointing this out, because some would say, no, oh, this is it's, it's for one. If you're going to say it's the sons of Seth, uh, you better have some for real uh, solid evidence and scripture you can point to that. That's what that says. Otherwise, you're exposing your own lack of faith because you're hearing something in scripture 
and it sounds too far-fetched and so you say no it can't mean that there's no way angels are doing this with uh human beings so it must mean something else don't let it be because you have a lack of faith that you're trying to make it make sense to yourself so you say no it's something else it means the sons of seth but no so when it says something there's another time where he says uh when he throws the three hebrew uh young men not he, him but uh the uh the king throws the three hebrew uh young men into the furnace because they wouldn't bow to this statue and then one of the servants says didn't we not throw three of them in there he says and there, i see a fourth and he looks and the fourth one looks like a son of the gods i mean yeah a son of god or a son of the gods and so it's the same translation here they're still saying it is like an angel not saying that it's god not saying it's the son of god it's saying a son of god so an angel so yes a uh, great conversation on this one great comments on this one because it leads into my next one that says in job chapter 38 verses 1 through 7 and it says then the lord answered job out of the whirlwind and said who is this who obscures my counsel by words without knowledge now embrace yourself like a man i will question you and you shall inform me where were you when i laid the foundations of the earth tell me if you have understanding who fixed its measurements surely you know or who stretched a measuring line across it on what were its foundations set or who laid its cornerstone while the morning stars sang together and all the sons of god shouted for joy so uh i bring this one up first there's a lot happening here uh so job has been saying in the book of job that uh he is that all this stuff happened to him and it's not his fault and he wished that he could take god to court and so god shows up and he says brace yourself like a man let's in other words let's get ready to fight he says i'm gonna uh ask you some questions and then you're going to inform me you're going to tell me as god how you're to do all these things or, or about these things right so he starts asking these questions and then one of the things he says though is that is that uh or on what were its foundation set or or who laid its cornerstone while the morning stars sang together and all the sons of god shouted for joy now these are the sons of seth it doesn't make sense because he is talking about the actual creation of the world at this point and at the creation of the world while these things are happening he's talking he's, he's saying that the sons of god are shouting for joy as he's doing this creation so the angels are there during the creation at least of the universe as it appears questions or comments on this um i got a question can this not be um the other creatures that we see in revelation besides the angels possibly you talking about like the ones with the several different faces and around the throne and things like that Yes, sir. I honestly think that all those are, are uh, types of angels. Me personally, I think that they're all uh, different types of angels. Yes. So, yes, it could be those. The morning stars and all that. Yeah, I, I agree. Great comment. So, let's move on from this then. Ezekiel chapter 1 we're going to take a look at some of these types Ezekiel chapter 1 verses 4 through 19 it says I looked and saw a whirlwind coming from the north a great cloud with fire flashing back and forth and brilliant light all around it in the center of the fire was a gleam like amber 
and within it was the form of four living creatures and this was their appearance they had a human form but each had four faces and four wings their legs were straight and the soles of their feet were like the hooves of a calf gleaming like polished bronze under their wings on their four sides they had human hands all four living creatures had faces and wings and their wings were touching one another they did not turn as they moved each one went straight ahead the form of their faces was that of a man and each of the four had the face of a lion on the right side the face of an ox on the left side and also the face of an eagle such were their faces their wings were spread upward each had two wings touching the wings of the creature on either side and two wings covering its body each creature went straight ahead wherever the spirit would go they would go without turning as they moved in the midst of the living creatures was this appearance of glowing coals of fire or of torches fire moved back and forth between the living creatures it was bright and lightning flashed out of it the creatures were darting back and forth as quickly as flashes of lightning when i looked at the living creatures i saw a wheel on the ground beside each creature with its four faces the workmanship of the wheels looked like the gleam of barrel and, the, and all four had the same likeness their workmanship looked like a wheel within a wheel as they moved they went in any of the four directions without pivoting as they moved their rims were high and awesome and all four rims were full of eyes all around so as their living creatures moved the wheels moved beside them and when the creatures rose from the ground the wheels also rose so a lot a lot a lot of stuff is happening here but i want to point out a few different things one uh these particular creatures uh that we see here you know it says that they had uh they had some human features that the human form uh and they had the face of a human amongst other faces but i do want to point out that it says their feet were like hooves of a calf uh now this is going to sound crazy but uh it's it really is something when uh if you watch horror movies or anything that they try to portray as demonic and they show something of the devil and it just so happened to have hooves of a calf uh and i just find it interesting that here we're told that these creatures that are surrounding this throne have the hooves of a calf and so they have the hooves of the calf they have uh another point i want to point out it says they were darting back and forth as quickly as flashes of lightning so they were moving super fast really really fast hard to keep up with them they're, they're moving so quickly and then it says that they had these wheels also and that the spirit was in this wheel in these wheels so they uh so the wheels would go anywhere in any direction and they didn't have to turn with it whatever direction they're going now here's a crazy thing and i'm gonna get into this a little bit uh probably flesh this out a little bit uh later but what ezekiel is saying he is seeing here these creatures are a part of apparently the uh the throne of god so the, it's the throne of god and with and on the throne of god that's where these creatures are at and they're able to move around faster than lightning apparently as fast as lightning is what it says so they're moving so they're able to move in any direction that god would want to go and they're able to move in any direction without actually turning if they didn't have to questions or comments on this so far
So the question was, how did the Lord create the angels and what is their purpose? So part of this, we're looking at the purpose. They're actually here, at least, it appears to be used for movement to actually, they actually use, the Lord is actually using them to move around. And we'll take a look into that. We'll kind of dig into that a little bit. Uh, <laughs> this guy, Ben says, sounds like Ultra Instinct Goku. <laughs> what? <laughs> so, uh, I mean, yeah, I guess it'd be that fast. They're saying He's saying that he can't keep up with them. And it's just so crazy to think about that, you know, these beings moving around like that. But apparently, I guess they would have to if they are, if that's God's transportation, that's the vehicle he chooses to use for transportation. Uh, and we'll take a look at that. I'm not just talking crazy at this point. What you got, G? You know, I think contrary to popular belief, I think movies get their ideas when it comes to these horror movies and all this, I guess when it comes to demonic things or uh, whatever the case may be, I think they get it from the Bible. Because the way that they describe how angels look, I will be terrified of an angel. Like, just straight nothing about the description of an angel in the Bible just tells me, oh, man, I wish that thing would show up in my room at, you know, three hours of the night when I'm depressed or whatever the case. Nah, like, you sound like these things are terrifying. I agree. And, and you know, and that's what you're saying, like, like these, you know, things that people would draw like pictures of, of, of uh, the, of, of like Satan, which we got to remember Satan is an angel. It just, I just found that interesting that, that, that part right there where it talks about their feet or like hooves. And, uh, and it just, uh, it just, that's weird to me. That's just weird that it's just like, oh, that's crazy that, that they are matching up the same thing, whether they realize it or not, if that makes sense. But yeah, I thought that was interesting. Moving on to that. So Psalms chapter uh, 13, I mean, sorry, I'm sorry. Psalms chapter 18 verses three through 11 says, I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. The cords of death encompassed me. The torrents of chaos overwhelmed me. The cords of Sheol entangled me. The snares of death confronted me. In my distress, I called upon the Lord. I, I cried to my God for help. From his temple, he heard my voice, and my cry for his help reached his ears. Then the earth shook and quaked, and the foundations of the mountains trembled. They were shaken because he burned with anger. Smoke rose from his nostrils, and consuming fire came from his mouth. Glowing coals blazed forth. He parted the heavens and came down with dark clouds beneath his feet. He mounted a cherub and flew. He soared on the wings of the wind. He made darkness his hiding place and storm clouds a canopy around him. So uh, I bring this up. This is David. He's talking about when he called out to the Lord. If, if you don't really pay close attention, he saw him because he is describing what he saw. He says that uh, smoke rose from his nostrils. Consuming fire came from his mouth. He parted the heavens, came down. He mounted a cherub, or some translations say the cherubim, and flew. He soared on the wings of the wind. So remember that last scripture we were talking about, the last verse we were going over, and I remember I told you this is the way that he chooses to move around. This is what David said he saw. He said he, he mounted a cherub and flew. David seeing, is seeing the exact same thing that Ezekiel said he saw. Questions or comments on this so far? 
I got something. So, um, this is not the only time this happens, but um, at, at the first of that scripture, it says, so, I, so shall I be safe from my enemies. And then he mentions death and chaos and Sheol. Um, and I know in the end it, it, it references again death and Hades. Um, is it, it seems like he's personifying these things. Is that a right? You think that that's a possible thing that these are not only places, but um, a person like we would think a person or a being, I guess? Like actual uh, uh, shield or Hades and death? Yeah. I feel like, yeah, they're, they're somehow personified because, uh, well, I mean, in, in Revelation, it says something like death followed him. And I mean, just things like that that makes me believe that, yeah, that it somehow it has some type of, even though it's called death, it has some type of life that makes sense. Yeah, like it's some, like it's some sort of creature that will have to be will have to give an account, you know. Yeah, that's what it makes because because it's just weird that death itself is thrown into the lake of fire, and so uh, yeah, I mean I don't know. It's it's it, this whole thing is just gonna. I feel is it's not gonna be anything like we imagine it to be, but uh, but yeah, that's that's some great comments on that. Uh, I do, yeah, I feel like there's some type of entity that. that He's taught he's making it sound that way, at least, right? Uh, but what I did for real want to point out is that he said that he mounted a cherub or a cher the cherubim and flew and soared on the wings of the winds, or so soared on the wings of the wind. Uh, all that is important. It's crazy because this is in Psalms. The psalmist is writing these things down, and it's just these it's prophecy, it's mystery is revealing things of God right here in front of us in Psalms. And there's so much in it. And he put it in song format. I just thought that was just genius. But uh, so he's saying that, that, you know, he's, he's, uh, he, he mounted cherubim and flew sword on the wings of the, of the wind. And we'll take a look at that. If you go to Hebrew, Hebrews chapter one, verse seven, it says now about the angels. He says, he makes his angels winds, his servants, flames of fire so here we got another portion he's talking about his angels being the winds and so we remember that last scripture it says that he soared on the wings of the wind the wings of the winds which is literally angels he's he's using this angels as a vehicle to move across his creation which i think is just wow when you think about it then he goes on to say he also makes his servants flames of fire so we're going to look into that here in a second. Before we do, any questions or comments on this? All right. So we're going to take a look at that where it says he makes his servants flames of fire. Go to Isaiah chapter 6, verses 1 through 3. And it says, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord seated on a throne, high and exalted, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him stood seraphim, each having six wings. With two wings, they covered their faces. With two, they covered their feet. And with two, they were flying. And they were calling out to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. 
all the earth is full of his glory. So in Isaiah, I know we were talking about, I said it's going to talk about it uh, in, in back in Hebrew. It says his servants flame flames of fire. And I know you didn't see it say flame here, but honestly, where it says above him stood seraphim. The uh, translation of seraphim literally means the burning ones. They are on fire. And so it's so it just tracks right along with it says his servants flames of fire. The seraphim, which are not necessarily the exact same creatures that we saw in Ezekiel, are uh, they're made of flames. Questions or comments on this so far? I want you guys to uh, hold on to a couple more things on this verse, on these verses we're looking at right here in Isaiah chapter 61 through 3. This is Isaiah speaking. He says, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. Isaiah saying that, right? And then he goes on to say about these angels, they are worshiping. They're calling out to one another. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. All the earth is full of his glory. So we find out that another reason for these angels are to work or for worshiping. So they're worshiping at this point. Let's go to the next one. Now, who are they worshiping? So Hebrews chapter one, verses five through six says, for to which of the angels did God ever say, you are my son, today I have become your father. Or again, I will be his father and he will be my son. And again, when God brings his firstborn into the world, he says, let all God's angels worship him. So remember, we hearing that holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. All the earth is full of his glory. And uh, here in Hebrews chapter one, verses five to six, this is speaking about Jesus It's saying that Jesus is not an angel. He is not an angel. God never said these things to an angel. And then he said for about his son, let all God's angels worship him. So the angels, again, going along with the question, like what are the, what's their purpose? They are to worship God and specifically his son. Questions or comments on this so far? So some may ask, what do you mean his son? When we're talking about the Isaiah scripture, when it says that, uh, that uh, he was, uh, that they're calling out one to the other, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. All the earth is full of his glory. They're, they're doing this, right? This is happening. How do you know that this is Jesus that they're talking about? Well, the reason being is because of this verse right here, which says in John chapter 12, verse 41, it says, Isaiah said these things because he saw Jesus's glory and spoke about him. I'll read that again. John 12, 41 says Isaiah said these things because he saw Jesus's glory and spoke about him. Let's go back and look at that. Isaiah chapter six, verse one through three. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord seated on the throne, high and exalted. This is Jesus he actually saw. Questions or comments about this? What you got, G? So something that I was somewhat getting uh, from Captain for me 
when God reveals himself or when Jesus reveals himself for the things that are taking place in heaven, I know scripture says, you know, faith is believing in the things that are unseen. What is the purpose of us knowing what is taking place in heaven? Like, or not just us knowing, but more or less people seeing it. Uh, that's it's a good question. So honestly, the people were uh, like, say, Isaiah that saw this, he saw this for our benefit, for those who our faith is believing in what he saw. That's that's what it's about. So it's it's he God has decided to deliver these things through the prophets. And then in the end, uh, in this age, he delivered it through his son, Jesus Christ. Uh, and so that's where our faith comes in. It's for that purpose. So for instance, like whenever, uh, God delivered the Israelites out of Egypt, that was a huge thing. In fact, that's how God became known amongst the nations is through that event. Through, I mean, it was, it was such a big event that the, the whole world knew of Yahweh because, because of that, from that point, pretty much until Jesus Christ. There was not much else that was happening. Uh, there's not many, there's not nothing on that level that was happening. The people were living, referring back to Egypt over and over again. God, the God of Abraham, the God that, that delivered uh, uh, Israel, the Israelites out of Egypt. They would say that over and over again because that's what they had to refer back to. What you have, Ben? Sorry. Uh even though it says in the year that King Uzziah died, do you think what Isaiah was seeing based on Hebrews that, uh, verse 6, do you think he was actually seeing the angels worship Jesus as he's being brought to life? Like it was a time displacement or something? Just because of the way it's uh, worded? No, I do believe that I, I don't think so. I don't think that's what that was. I do think it still stands that when he was brought into the world, that they still have to have to worship him. But uh, I was using that scripture to show that they were still worshiping him even before then, I guess, that he he is being worshipped. Not to say that the father doesn't get worship, but uh, we know that for certain that this was Jesus that it was speaking of back then, because Isaiah said, I saw him like I saw him and this is what was happening. That makes sense, man. Yeah. Hey, uh, do you have something, G? Yeah, I was uh so I keep seeing that too. Like I read Exodus now, and um even in the book of Genesis, I'm seeing that people are referring to the son of I mean the God of Moses, the God of uh, Isaiah. And I'm yeah, I'm uh, I'm assuming there was no word of God at this present moment. Like there was no Bible. There's nothing for them to read. It was basically putting faith in what somebody else was saying. Yeah, for the most part, until until really Moses came. Moses, who wrote like the first, uh, I don't say five books of the Old Testament, and uh, but before then, people had of course like word of mouth and things like that. But uh, he wasn't widely known until the events of uh of, of egypt 
that's when the whole world, because he said it himself, he said, I'm, I'm gonna gain glory for myself through Pharaoh. Right, and I was, I'm seeing that right now, that people are believing, because even Pharaoh's, uh, I would consider them the council uh, of Pharaoh after around like the fourth or fifth time of them basically uh, saying, oh, never mind, I'm not gonna let him go. They're like, hey man, obviously, because at this present moment, they, are referring to God and they're calling him Yahweh. So they're calling him by his name. Because before this, there was no God to reveal his name to anyone but to Moses and his and his brother as Yahweh. So now these men are referring to Moses as God as Yahweh because of the things that they have seen. And so when does faith get brought into account because i feel like they're believing purely based off of what they're seeing well even before that i mean they were saying his name just because of that was his name but what i say that because uh when moses came to pharaoh initially he was telling him this is what yahweh says or this is what the, yahweh or the lord says and uh and that's what pharaoh would initially say and there was and and it was understanding the way he said it he said who is the lord or who is yahweh that i should obey him like who is this person right who is he says guy? that in the very beginning he says that the very first time when moses approaches him he says who is yeah who is this yahweh to speak of but i guess it was like around the, like the third i don't want to call it a plague but his third uh god think the plagues happened later on in, in the story but it's consequences more or less he starts to refer like hey i, I want to repent to your god I want to repent. And so it just seems that he's, I don't know if he's just saying it or he's believing in these things that are happening or coming from Yahweh. Because yeah, I'm he, like, he did. He believed it was coming from him. And he maybe even initially wanted to repent, but he wouldn't have the ability because God himself is hardening his heart. So he couldn't, he couldn't repent. Even if he wanted to, he couldn't repent because God himself was hardening his heart. And so, uh, so even, so like you would see after, afterwards, you know, he would, he would fall back into what he would uh, forget about what he said, basically. But, uh, but yeah, and, say, and, all, and saying all that, that's where he learned. That's when the world learned about God, about Yahweh or the Lord. That's when, that's when the world found out about him. And then you fast forward several thousand years and we didn't see much on that we didn't see anything on that scale happen and so you'll see like i say the, the jews will continuously refer back to that to build their faith the god that brought israel out of egypt they would refer to that even though that happened thousand a thousand years prior uh and that's what we have right now that jesus christ lived and died and was resurrected two thousand years ago and we're referring back to that though no big event has happened and will not happen until he returns but that's our faith that's our faith that we have we have in faith that though we weren't there and we didn't see it we we believe that those things took place some great comments in here so yeah so uh yeah uh we're told that isaiah said that he saw jesus and when he saw jesus this is what the angels were doing and so uh they were worshiping and moving on, let me move it here. So 
Moving on to Second Chronicles chapter 18, verses 18 through 22, what we're going to look at is uh where you know the part of the question was what was what's their purpose? And so we're gonna look at some of their purposes. So second chronicles chapter 18, verses 18 through 22 says, Micaiah continued, therefore, hear the word of the Lord. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne, and all the hosts of heaven standing on his right and on his left. And the Lord said, Who will entice Ahab, king of Israel, to march up and fall at Ramoth Gilead? And one suggested this, and another that. Then a spirit came forward, stood before the Lord, and said, I will entice him. By what means? asked the Lord. And he replied, I will go out and be a lying spirit in the mouths of all the prophets. You will surely entice him and prevail, said the Lord. Go and do it. So you see, the Lord has put a lying spirit in the mouths of these prophets of yours, and the Lord has pronounced disaster against you. So, uh, man, I wish I could really fully flesh this out because this is such a good story. In fact, when, uh, I pick up Bible studies on Thursday again, but it's my go around. This is part of what we're going to go through. But uh, so what's, what's happening here is there is a prophet who uh, they kind of keep tucked away because they don't like the king doesn't like hearing him prophesy because he always prophesies bad things about him. And so he is telling him here that in his vision, he saw the Lord sitting on his throne and he saw all the hosts of heaven standing on his right and his left. So you got these angels standing around him. And the reason that they're there is because God is looking for a good idea to entice Ahab, this king of Israel, to go to war so that he can kill him. And then you had these angels coming up with these ideals. It says one suggested this and another that. And then one angel said, I'll go and become a lying spirit in the mouths of all his prophets. And the Lord said, that's a, that's a great idea. Go and do it. You're going to, this is, this is going to work. Go and do it. And so that's what happens. So the angel leaves, the spirit leaves and goes and does just that. So again, we're asking, what is their purpose? This, their purpose is to do God's will. This is one of them. Questions or comments on this so far? All right. Next one. Daniel chapter 10, verses 12 through 13 says, Do not be afraid, Daniel, he said. For from the first day that you pur pur purpose to understand and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard, and I have come in response to them. However, the prince of the kingdom of Persia opposed me for 21 days. Then Michael, one of the chief princes came to help me for I, for I had been left there with the kings of Persia. So we have here, this is Gabriel speaking, which we'll find out later on, not in this study, but uh, later on in Daniel, if you continue in Daniel, you'll find out this is, this is Gabriel. Gabriel, the angel is speaking. He's speaking to Daniel. Daniel had prayed about something to understand the vision that he received. And immediately Gabriel was sent by God to, to deliver this word to him. But he says, that they're, uh, the prince of the kingdom of Persia opposed him for 21 days. So he's he, so he's fighting with this prince of per Persia for 21 days, and he had to call Michael to help him. Questions or comments on this? So we find out, it says, what's the purpose? We find out not only do they send messages, but they get in fights along the way. They, they, they fight. Questions or comments on this one so far? 
Kathy's asking, uh, is it true or false about when we die, our souls will be united with relatives or our souls will be taken by angels? Uh, actually, yeah, both of those are, are true according to scripture. That's a, that's another question for, for another uh, study. That's a whole different study. We can jump into that one. That's a great one, actually. But yes, both are true. Souls are un united with relatives and they're taken there by the angels according to scripture. What you got, G? I was about to say the same thing. I didn't know that the angels actually are the ones that you uh that's their service. I just knew from reading that uh I think it was Isaiah or Moses. No, it's Isaiah. He says, Lay me here so I can be gathered with my people. I'm dying and I'll be gathered with my people, is what he says. So yeah, that's literally what that means. Uh right. gather with gathered with your people. When when uh the Lord says that. To someone that's literally what that is is being taken to their ancestors uh some people thought it meant just to be buried or something like that no it's, it's literally be taken to their to their ancestors so they're being joined together and then we find out through jesus that it's actually the angels that deliver that deliver us there so that's another as kathy said that's that's another um uh i don't say attribute but job the angels have and they have many. There's uh, later on. I don't have it here, but Revelation talks about an angel that has authority over fire. I don't know if it's a specific fire or all, or all fire, but that's his job. He has authority of it. It's it just it, they just have all these different jobs, and it's 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 I don't know. It's 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 wild to me. I I, I love looking into this stuff. So yeah, so we have here in Daniel, he uh, uh, Gabriel is talking about getting into it with the uh, the 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 prince of the kingdom of Persia, who opposed him. And so, uh, and, and he was struggling with him for 21 days until Michael came and helped. So apparently that, that fight didn't even stop there because Daniel chapter 10, verses 20 through 21 tells us, do you know why I have come to you? He said, I must return at once to fight against the prince of Persia. And when I have gone forth, behold, the prince of Greece will come. But first I will tell you what is inscribed in the book of truth. Yet no one has the courage to support me against these except michael your prince so he's talking about michael who's called the archangel uh he's talking about michael and he is saying that he's when when he leaves whenever uh uh gabriel leaves he's going to go back the same way to fight with with the prince of persia again and he then he goes on to take it a step further this to say that these particular demons these particular spirits that they're fighting not all not all the demons but these particular ones he goes on to say that it's only Michael that fights with me in these things. Only him and Michael are the only ones that fight these, these battles, these particular battles. We don't know what other battles happen, but against these particular demons, it's only these two that do it. According to what Gabriel is saying here, questions or comments on this so far? All right. So I'm actually at the end. The question is, you know, what is their purpose? So Hebrews chapter one, verse 14, it says, are not the angels ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation? This is a, a big part of their purpose right here. Now they did all kinds of other stuff. Like I could have went to where they went and slaughtered people, slaughtered children, babies. 
they do all kinds of stuff they do anything that they're supposed to do but uh they're also we're told here in hebrews that they're ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation what you got g was it the angel of death that came to kill the firstborn in exodus the angel of oh no it didn't say it just says the destroyer we don't know it just says the destroyer was sent out uh it was actually um i want to say at some point god took he took he took the credit of it like he like he did it he said i did it i struck the firstborn now by what means it was it done you could be done by anything or any person or any being but he took the credit of it he said he did it he 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 he, he smoked the firstborn did you just say he smoked the firstborn smoked s-m-o-t-e before your time yeah that's all i had on this one questions comments concerns what you got kathy ¿Qué pasa con esto follow uh, follow angels que dios uh um que donde son ellos you know de es ellos son Igual como este otro Angels que puede va y regreso a uh, um, cerca de Dios y, you know, que uh, de ellos okay. tiene algo como un uh, power in, in dominion or something over humans. Well, no, so there is a certain sect of angels that, um, such as the angels that uh it says we're talking about genesis chapter six so kathy's asking what about the fallen angels these angels that are locked away like what's going on with them what's what's their deal so uh there's these angels that are locked away and and it, it dates all the way back to what happened in genesis chapter six where it says they left their first estate so they they, they went and married these women and it says that these giants were born born from them. the nephilim were born out of this and uh and it says that they were kept because of this disobedience they're kept in chains of eternal darkness until a certain time of judgment i guess they, they're kept there and uh these are separate from just like regular demons like the, these are just from what i understand they're just they're separate from them they're not them uh though they did disobey uh they're not necessarily the same i guess as as just like regular demons so they don't have the freedom to move around they're uh they are uh being laughing regular demons they don't have the freedom to move around they're 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 chained up whereas demons regular demons as i said when being laughing they can move around they can they not only do they, do they move around they don't stay in, at any time from what i can understand they don't stay in hell they are free to roam the earth that's what when god asked about saying that where you come from he said the earth I roam to and fro from it. This is where I, this is where I, this is where I'm from, and so uh, demons have the ability to roam around. To uh, they're actually apparently above us because it says in, in scripture they're they're of the lower heavens, so they're actually above us. Uh, and you know, nothing ministering spirits. Uh, what are you saying? Like, can they move around? What are you saying, Ben? Come off mute. 
All right, I'm sorry. Um, so it's interesting the way it says that. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Um, it, it says, are not angels ministering spirits? And so even though they're fallen, it appears that they're still angels. We just refer to them as demons to make that um, correlation. But um, do you think the things that they that they do, like it appears that that's still their ministry, you know? Like the, the point of their ministry is to um, minister to all those who are going to have salvation. And maybe they do it, and correct me if I'm saying this wrong, maybe they do it from a, from a backdoor perspective, like, like we're, we're supposed to realize what they're doing in their ministry to point us towards Christ, right? Now, some people surely fall away because of them, but um, those who inherit salvation, they're still a part of their ministry. Does that make sense? Wow, man. It's, you got a weird way of looking at stuff. But, uh, yeah, so as you're saying, I can think of a couple of different scriptures. So, um, one, uh, Paul tells the church uh, when certain people act up a certain type of way, hand them over to Satan. That's what he says. So he's definitely serving a purpose. He's definitely serving a purpose. But he doesn't say hand them over to Satan so that they'll go to hell. It says so that their flesh may be destroyed, but their life, but their very lives be saved. So in that essence, he's serving a purpose. He is. He's still still provide a ministry then paul himself says that because of these great revelations he's received and so that he may not become conceited he was given a messenger from satan from satan to uh to buffet him to keep him from becoming conceited again as ben would say providing a ministry and in the roundabout it's so weird but yeah i mean you actually got a point i would say so yes That's a uh yeah, that's actually a really good one. That's man, you should have did this one from that angle. But that's actually, yeah, I would say so. Yes, that uh because they're used for that way. I can think of a third uh time. So there's a time where uh where uh who was it? Uh <laughs> that's true, amen. Being said flesh and blood did not reveal this to me. There, there was a time whenever uh, David was going to, he wanted to do a census and it was not supposed to be done. And, uh, but God wanted to punish Israel. And so he had it done this way. He had it done this way. But then it goes, it says it one way in Chronicles, it says in, in, in another book, a different way, it says, so Satan enticed uh, uh david to do this but it was god's idea it was god's idea and so uh but satan was used as a tool to to do this same thing with job uh it was god's idea satan was used to actually do it but it was god's idea yeah very very interesting and i do find it interesting that uh peter warns us that uh we shouldn't blaspheme demons he warns us that uh do not blaspheme he he says glorious ones he's actually speaking about demons he says he says he says you don't blaspheme you don't bla he, says, he says these talking about people he says 
basically call them fools is they they blaspheme anything they don't understand uh and so which it says but even michael when debating over uh uh moses body with satan wouldn't dare hit him with a blasphemous charge but instead said the lord rebuke you so it, so he says even michael wouldn't do this even michael wouldn't blaspheme uh satan but here we have these people all day long blaspheming all these spiritual things that they know nothing about what you got g Sorry, I had my hand up for uh, I had a question, but you asked, and I apologize. I meant to take my hand down. Right, you're right. I think that uh, I think you should do a topic Tuesday because I like the different angles that this comes from. Uh, it's not like I prefer one person over the other, but I I do find it interesting that there's so many. I think it's something that you recently just told me about. Every time you can read the word, it's like a different angle to be throwing at you. You read like 30 times. So uh, seeing it multiple different ways helps me remember that God is multifaceted. He doesn't have to just come at you at one angle at one time. He can come at you at 40 different angles at one time because he's God. He can do whatever he wants. He's not governed by what we're governed by. So, uh, yeah, man, I think that. That'd be a great idea. Yeah, I think we talked about it at some point, and maybe just me and you, G, I don't know. But uh the devil is God's devil, like that he he does what he says. And uh, and I think that's important for us to understand that that's how much control that God has. He has complete control over all of this, that to where they also, I mean, if if Jesus is King of Kings and Lord of Lords, then he is King of King, all Kings, not just the Kings that we like, but the ones we dislike also, he is their King also. Um, I, I know this may, I don't know if this is something that's controversial, but like when people talk about books that are removed, do you believe that there's a book that was ever written that gives an account to angels being created? I think there's a book uh, that uh, details uh, Dragon Ball Z. I, I mean, it could be anything. Like, <laughs> I mean, what are we doing at this point? You're you know right. what I'm You know, just like at this point, what are we doing at this point? We just letting our mind go crazy, and we shouldn't because, man, I just got through going through Jeremiah, and it's amazing at how often that God is talking about people that are just prophesying things out of their own mind dreams that they're having and they're just lying like these, these are not from the mouth of god this is just people coming up with these things and he goes on to talk about what he's going to do to them and so uh it's 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 amazing and uh it nothing's changed like uh, uh that, that was happened thousands of years ago and it's happening today that we just want to hear a lie tell me a lie don't prophesy about all this truthful stuff Tell me a lie. I want to hear this. And that's what we look for. It's just it's just in us. We want to hear it. But of course, we don't want to hear the truth because of how he says things. You know, uh, he uh, so, for instance, he says, for I, I know my plans for you. That's a cliche. When I know my plans, plans to prosper you, not to harm you. You know, people post it a lot. But I wonder if they read just a few verses before and after that of him harming him. 
and hurting them. I mean, he is he he was doing he was literally doing those things. And he said that though I'm doing all these things to you, my ultimate plan is for you to be sitting pretty. But yes, along the way, you're gonna catch a few of these. You're gonna you're gonna get this. And and it's just crazy. I don't think that people really catch on. I mean, I like I know we like certain things, but man, that thing is is surrounded by the 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 terrible things he was doing to the Jews, to the Israelites. And then he would go on to say, but then I'm going to forgive you. But he harms them. And that is actually where we get by his stripes, we are healed by the stripes, by the, the, the abuse that Jesus received. We are healed because the abuse that is given in onto the Israelites and all this because of disobedience came from God himself. He, he says, I, I am doing these things to you. And so uh, and so the healing actually comes from him also. But yeah, I'm going on a big tangent. But yes, uh, what you got, Kathy? One last question. I'm sorry. Where did these demons come from? Who created them? She's asking where the demons come from. This is all stuff that we can, that I probably should have put in here. I don't know. So demons are, uh, demons are uh, angels. They're, they're, as far as I can tell, they're absolutely no different. They're no, they're the same. This is why I brought up uh, the angels, the, uh, the, these ain't the seraphim having these hooves that uh, like calves. Uh, that's why I bring it up because that doesn't that don't sound like something you would expect from a from an angel, something of God, but yet that's what it has. And then in our minds, we attribute that to something that's evil, but it essentially they're the same thing, like they're the same beings. So uh so there's the only thing that's different is that evil was found in one and not the other. So they angels and demons are the same beings, it's just the ones that are disobedient are um there's there's no salvation for them even the ones as far as i know that are that are chained up that are, that are left there until until uh judgment we're told in scripture says for you don't reach down to help the uh the angels like that's what it goes on say who is man that you're mindful of them uh because you don't do this for the angels you don't you don't give them salvation The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace.